Hello, this is OT Fancy Football. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite RB2, Stephen Galindo. How you doing, sir? You know, I was doing good until you called me an RB2. I thought I'd be a wide receiver one today. But uh, I, I have to, we have, like, if we plan to do this for a long time, I'm going to run out of fancy football things. So I decided to go with RB2. I'll, I'll throw an RB1 once you get, once you get the RB1. Am I, uh, you know, low-end RB1, high-end RB2? Sure. Because, you know, I'll take that. The, the way we value RB2s, they're basically two RB1s. That, that's so, right. You're right. So, yeah. Uh, we got some breaking news before we get into divisions. We have some running back controversy with some teams. Uh, which one do you want to start with first? Well, I think we have three, you know, main running backs here, at least fantasy relevant running backs. We have Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard, who all were franchise tagged this uh, this off season, um, and the deadline was Monday. Well, this past Monday, uh, the franchise uh, deadline to sign you know long term deals um, passed, and the only one to sign a deal or not sign a deal, I'm sorry, to sign their franchise tag was Tony Pollard, um, with Saquon and Josh Jacobs. Um, deciding not to sign that franchise tag. So that basically means that uh, their season is up in the air. Um, Saquon is hinting at playing. Um, I know they both are reported not to show up for training camp, so we'll see how that goes. But um, Saquon is reported to actually you know, still be thinking about playing the season. And for Josh Jacobs, I mean, right now it's up in the air. It's a toss-up. Yeah. If I had to put my money on it, they're both going to play this year. You know, I feel like if you look at the long history of running backs deciding to sit out, it doesn't look too good for most of them. I feel like they have to play, even if they don't plan to stay out with their teams. I do think it's a contract year you got to play. Um, my take with the Saquon Barkley thing, I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I understand the Giants' hesitation to commit to him long-term, but you're the New York Giants. I say you just do it, and you figure it out later. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, especially with Oakland moving on from Derek Carr, and at this point, I would say they're like half, like one foot in, one foot out of like potentially doing a rebuild. You... Because outside of Devontae Adams, there's no one like, you know, they got rid of Darren Waller. They basically have a rental as quarterback right now. I I could see the Raiders n- not wanting to pay Josh Jacobs. So because I think they're OK moving on at the end of this season if they really want to. So I think Barkley holds the leverage with the Giants, but I don't really think Josh Jacobs has a lot of leverage with the Raiders, if I'm being honest with you. But that's just my take on it. No, I agree, especially with Josh McDaniels coming from that Belichick coaching tree. I mean, you know how they do running backs in New England. It's a carousel. Every few years you have, you know, a new running back. So um, yeah, do you do you know the last running back to hold out for an entire season? For an entire season. Was it Le'Veon Bell? It was in 2018, Le'Veon Bell. And, and something that is funny is that recently Le'Veon Bell posted a video, I think on his Twitter, he apologized to the Steelers fan base 
uh, for sitting out that season. Um, or I'm, uh, he, apo- he, he apologized for not apologizing mm-hmm. for sitting out that season. So he, he said, I think he mentioned that it was a mistake and he went to the jets and it clearly was. And that's what I meant earlier when I said like a lot of, a lot of these running backs who sit out really, I think it's in both their interests at this point to kind of just play. I know the running back position is different than the quarterback position. It's different than the wide receiver position. Running backs have a tough time getting paid. If you want to get paid, I think the best thing for you to do is, yeah, hold out as much as you can to training camp. But when the season starts, I think you got to play. Like, yeah, that's just uh, because, or, you know, Le'Veon Bell did get paid by the Jets, even though he wasn't good. He did get paid. So if your goal is to, you know, just get paid, even though you might not be successful for the rest of your career, that's that's a way to go, too. You know, so I, I think it's either or. Do you think Le'Veon wasn't good or do you think the team around him wasn't good? A little of this, a little of that. Like he he did choose one of the worst franchises to go play for. He went from one of the best to one of the worst. So that, that does factor into it. And I think Pittsburgh still had Antonio Brown, right? That season. Yeah, but then that ended pretty quickly too, I believe. Or was that yeah. before? No, I think yeah. that was one of his last seasons with with Pittsburgh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They so would I have think... been a solid fantasy team. I think, yeah. you know, Antonio Brown was still good that year, but and James Conner actually I think did pretty well too. Yeah, James Conner stepped up. I remember when um you know, people were drafting Le'Veon Bell still with the hope like that he was gonna maybe, you know, if anything, miss one or two games. And then one or two became five and six, and then five and six became ten, and then ten became the whole season. Uh, People man. were picking him. I don't think anyone picked him in one of our leagues in the first round, but I know across the fantasy universe, some people picked him in the first round. And in our league, what was it? Round two or three? It, he, he it was, was around pretty, two or three. Yeah, it was still he was still picked pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. So. People were like, oh, you know, because like at that one at that at that moment, he was the probably either the or one of the best running backs in the game. He was just sitting out, and usually these things work out where maybe you sit out up to week one, or maybe you're not ready to go week one because you miss all the training camp, so you start in week two. No one expected him to miss the entire season. So, yeah, he gave so, up. He gave up his whole season paychecks. So I. I don't think Josh Jacobs, I don't think Barkley's going to miss any time this year. They maybe might miss week one at the most. But that's just because they're prepping to play for week two. That's not because they're holding out at week one. Who who knows, though? I would assume that, you know, they're in shape and they're pretty up to speed on things. Yeah, but it's like the Giants have to do something because legitimately, like, we talk, like, We'll we'll talk about the wide receivers next week, but it's just the Barkley Jones show, and if they can't get those two going, then that giant the Giants can't afford to go like zero and three. They just you know they just pay Jones. They can't afford to start the season zero and three. You could just pay Barkley like you're you're a poverty franchise, <laughs> you know. Like okay. you know, just 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 pay your guys, and then NFL teams. Frequently, frequently 
figure out how to get out of bad contracts. You could do it again in two years if this ends up blowing up. Uh, you know, so, well, well, I was going to say, you know, somebody who did get paid. Oh, so that, your segue was better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DeAndre Hopkins surprisingly signs with the Tennessee Titans. Um, they say that that is the team that receivers go to die. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to feel about it. So let's let's look past the fantasy football thing real quick. He's a 30-something-year-old wide receiver who just missed a ton of games last year. It seems like he's due for a regression. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that he won't. I think DeAndre Hopkins still has another one to two years in him, and he did sign a two-year contract. He still has the umph. Because when he played last year, when he was healthy, he was still good. It's not like you saw the regression necessarily while he played. It's just right. well, he, he, he missed games and he's now 30-something. He was suspended for six. Mm-hmm. So he missed those first six games. And then obviously, you know, coming in, he was basically, you know, knocking off the rust mm-hmm. in the middle of the season. So, yeah. To so his he, credit. He played... Eight games, he missed six with the suspension. I think he missed three with an injury. I could be off base about that. Someone could fact check me if you want. So he missed a lot of games last year. He did play well in the games he did play in, but then I know there was like a disconnect with him and Murray and a disconnect when Murray got hurt. So it's he's now on the Titans. So the Titans have a quarterback that's older than me. They have Derek Henry, who's due for a regression. I know we've been saying he's due for a regression for like the last three seasons, and it's still not necessarily as hit, but he has regressed, if we're being honest. I think he has another solid two seasons. He could. He, he's and I'm built, just being, he's, I might he's be like being biased. <laughs> yeah, I might be being biased because, you know, when you see his workouts on Twitter and he's mm-hmm. keeping himself, you know, in that tip-top shape, and then, you know, I also drafted him in a dynasty league. So, I mean, I think in the dynasty, he fell to round like six or seven. So, yeah. I mean, like I had to pick him up, right? Like he He's going to, at least in your dynasty league, give you at one least. One season. Give me at least high, one season. High upside flex at the floor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, or he's going to be a really good RB1 again, which he always ends up being. Every year we think he's going to regress because he takes a pounding. Uh, he <laughs> he uh he's and he's aging up there so you think he's going to eventually regress but he hasn't so you have that it's a run heavy offense julio jones's career ended there <laughs> aj brown uh ends up going to philadelphia Tannehill at some point in the season might be replaced like when someone said like, what are the Super Bowl odds of this team? It was uh, the betting odds. It was went from plus 8,000 to plus 8,000. Like, I don't know if this really changes anything. I, the only thing this says to me is that he still thinks he has really good football in him to eventually try to get another payday after this because he's betting on himself because the Titans are not sniffing a Super Bowl. Like, uh, Write it down now. 
You know what I mean? So he had an opportunity to go to the Chiefs on a discount, the Bills on a discount. I know he visits the Patriots. I'm not saying the Patriots are sniffing a Super Bowl either, but at least they have championship culture there or whatever. It's intriguing to me that he chose the Titans. And he, I think he just chose them because he still thinks he could play. Uh, I'm a big DeAndre Hopkins person. DeAndre Hopkins is probably the only wide receiver I've ever drafted before I drafted a a second running back in fantasy. Dang, so that says I, something. I, I do like DeAndre Hopkins. I do respect DeAndre. I still think he's a top four, a top four round wide receiver or so, probably top three. He's still still really good. I just don't I'm a little intrigued by his decision. Does this help Derrick Henry though? Like let's say in a redraft league, does this make Derrick Henry ADP rise? Do you see yeah, this as helping it, him? It, it does take a lot of pressure on him because the tight the Titans didn't really have a wide receiver that respected I don't know that defenses had to respect. Yeah, that like, commanded respect. Yeah. Like so this I think this helps Derrick Henry. But I on the flip side, does Derrick Henry hurt DeAndre Hopkins's fantasy value? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think now they're more balanced. They're a more balanced team. I think one thing that we don't know is how well is the quarterback play going to be? If Tannehill's playing every week, this team has the opportunity to win the South, and they have an opportunity to be to be a top ten offense in the league. Maybe if everyone could stay healthy. You know, all three of them have their history of. You think they can be a top ten offense? Top I just 10. want you to think about that. Like, think about it one more time. They can. If everyone's healthy, they can. Because everyone's capable of playing their positions well where it matters. I, I think I don't think they're a top 10 offense with this signing. I think they're a... For fantasy purposes... It increases the value of Ryan Tannehill. I think it pushes Derrick Henry's ADP a little bit higher. Um, so because you know they're not going to be able to stack the box because, like you said, now they have to respect the the wide receivers. I think this helps Traylon Burks because now he's not mm. going to have all the pressure on him. Sure. So I I think out of all of these people, you know, aside from Derrick Henry, I I think. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to draft. Derrick Henry, you're going to draft. But I think Traylon Burks is going to benefit the most out of this because I think he's, he's you know, he was already doing very well as a rookie last year. And now, mm-hmm. you know, with a year under his belt, coming in healthy and not having to suffer the extra attention from the defenses, I think he's a lot more intriguing now than he was before the signing of DeAndre Hopkins. Sure, like I, I, I still, I still wouldn't like 
be fishing for him in the top 10 rounds or anything though right like uh, it's something that like if he's there when you kind of already completed your roster and you're now looking for like high upside flex options yeah he does have a high upside he is a high upside flex option but i'm not gonna be fishing for him i still have no idea because like four games into the season they could start will levis and all of a sudden the offense is mediocre and you know i'm not i don't think will levis is gonna be a bad quarterback but still his rookie year yeah i still think ryan Tannehill has some juice left in the tank for like a good season let me ask you this with the deandre hopkins uh signing is ryan Tannehill uh an option in a 12 team league for your quarterback Hmm. well let me think about that Hertz, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is on the cusp of 12. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. You think Russell Wilson's better than Ryan Tannehill right now? Yes. Okay. Yes. Dak Prescott. Do you do you know what uh, Ryan Tannehill was ranked last season? I know he got hurt. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he was like fifteen or sixteen. Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Well, there you go. But he, he was hurt. Yeah. He the year before, f- I think he he did pretty well. The year before. Yeah, I think he was. He was. Um, I, I don't think he's a top twelve quarterback. I give not, him top fifteen, but that's like fourteen, fifteen, like on the cusp of fourteen, fifteen. Because I don't give him top twelve. Even if you absolutely punted the position, I still think there's a few more better options. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even Deshaun Watson, I would take over Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson, on paper, probably is a top 10 quarterback right now, maybe. So. Yeah, yeah, no. I I almost said something wild right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, okay, so, you know, like we said, you're taking Derrick Henry. I think he's a, you know... Uh, a second rounder, you know, second, third round pick Deandre Hopkins. Like you said, I think he's still a via, you know, a, still a second, third round pick trailing Burks in the middle rounds, high upside flex. Um, why do you think this pushes him from like a wide receiver three to a wide receiver two? No. So he, you, you still consider him in that wide receiver three flex range. There's always a second year player that ends up making that stride and he could easily be that person and I'm not like it makes it makes it sound like I'm down on him. I still don't know if like this is the way I look at it. If the Tennessee Titans are going to be a top 10 offense, then yeah, Burks is highly involved. If they're not, it's because the two man show of Hopkins and Henry are either they regressed or they're not or they're just doing everything on their own. Yeah, you know it's still a run heavy offense too. So yeah, no, I agree. I still think his target share is going to grow up. Go up. I think he could be if you punt on the position, he could be a uh, right receiver too. But I don't. I'm not. I'm not sold. Like yeah, if he's sitting there in round ten or eleven, yeah, I'd get him. But I'm not. I'm not sold on like trying to reach for him in round seven or eight. Yeah, no, I agree. But to transition to this oh, oh. this whole division. 
hold oh, on, hold on. One more thing. You had an interesting fact about the Titans, and I want you to get it out before we move on to Houston. Okay, yeah, let me. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that fact. Let me let me throw this out there. This is very interesting. You know, when they signed uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and you know, Twitter was going crazy, and everybody's going crazy. Like, why did he sign with the Titans? Um, ESPN put out a a interesting stat that prior to Hopkins being signed with the Titans, the head coach Mike Vrabel had more career touchdown receptions than any of the receivers that were currently on the roster prior to the signing of DeAndre Hopkins. So Mike Vrabel had 12 career touchdown receptions. The next closest was Chris Moore, who had eight. Then it's uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine, seven, and then Traylon Burks with one. So now that they added DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins sits atop that list with 72 touchdown receptions. So I thought that was pretty interesting, again, when you try to figure out, like, what was the incentive or why did DeAndre Hopkins sign with the Titans after reports for him wanting a Super Bowl contender, a team with a good culture and a good coaching staff and a stable GM and, and, you know, um, exec team. Like, the Titans is what he decided. So we'll never know. Probably why he chose the Titans. But it's probably because he's going to get a lot of targets. Like he's like, it's going to make him I look think, good for two more years. I think they're going to feed him the ball. He's going to get paid. You know, so I mean, there's there's not much more you can you know you can ask. But you didn't mention that this is where wide receivers go to die. Like because like if for whatever reason he gets hurt, he misses plenty of games and stuff like that, or he just doesn't get the target share or whatever. Like this is it. Like he might be able to sign with like a contender. Like he could still sign with the Chiefs or something when he's like 33, 34 years old. But yeah. It's crazy that we consider that old. <laughs> I know right. like it's professional sports, but it's crazy. So you want to move on in the division? So the thing I was going to say about the this division is that, you know, two of the four teams in this division were able to grab, you know, one of the top three QBs in the draft. Uh, with this team here actually surprising a lot of people, um, the Houston Texans. I almost said the Houston Oilers. The Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where my head's at. The Houston Texans were able to draft C.J. Stroud, um, I believe, with the second overall pick. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and traded for the third overall pick and took that defensive end. Yeah, which which I wasn't, you know, we weren't expecting that. But I think they're they're going all in. They're in it to win it. I think this is the most up in the air team in this division mm-hmm. because you're you're gonna get one of two. You're not gonna get anything in the middle. You're either gonna get really good value with like, oh shoot, this guy is really putting up way more points than I thought he was, or you're gonna get, man, this was a waste of a pick. Like mm-hmm. these guys, you know, they can't score to save their life, or they can't stay in games. You know. Um, that's yet to be determined, but I mean, CJ Stroud, obviously a rookie quarterback in dynasty. You're obviously taking him because, mm-hmm. you know, you're looking at the future in a redraft league. I, I'd leave him. I'd leave him on the waiver wire. I, I don't think I'd take a flyer on him. And if you do, it's going to be one of your last picks of the draft um, if he's there. To that point. If you want to take CJ Stroud, I was going to make this point with the Titans, but I figured I'd wait till now. This is a scenario where maybe you do take CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, like maybe like, I don't know, a couple rounds earlier than everyone. Make sure you get the guy you want. 
but then maybe you draft Ryan Tannehill or one of these veteran QBs and be like, or you remember like Mac Jones when we talked about him, like a, an already established quarterback to see if he could help you, you know, sneak by weeks one through four and then see how CJ Stroud does before. And then like a CJ Stroud's not good, then obviously you messed up your quarterback situation for the year and then you try to trade for another one. But in my opinion, he's going to be the best quarterback of the class. This season, uh, there's yeah, a reason. There's there's a reason why I took him in our dynasty league. I reached for him. I wanted him because I, you know, he's an IE legend. <laughs> like he, he went to Ranch Cucamonga High School. This team is not as bad as it looks. I feel like, or as bad as people think it is. And the AFC South, with another team that has another rookie quarterback. You have a Tennessee Titans team that maybe halfway through the year might just be like, screw it, we're going to start over and have Will Levis start. You know, there could be an opportunity where we're going to have three rookie quarterbacks starting by the end of this season. And then you have a Jacksonville Jaguars that um, at any point could give you the most impressive and exciting, like, um, 7-10 and 10 season. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston accidentally won this division or got a wild card spot. But I also <laughs> wouldn't but I, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they go uh 2 and 15. <laughs> so for everybody for everybody listening, I think that's a hot take. That's a hot take that they could potentially that they might <laughs> get the play, <laughs> may, might make the playoffs. That they might make the playoffs slash win the division. <laughs> You're just you're just gonna take the context of, or they could go two and fifteen. You're just gonna that never. I never said that. <laughs> yeah, because uh, we'll see how close they get. They're gonna. You're gonna bring this up when they're like, zero oh and seven. <laughs> like <halfway through. laughs> I'm gonna say, remember when you said this? Um. <laughs> and you know, and you know what's gonna happen is we're gonna look at the standings, and no one's gonna look impressive, and I'm like, they could still win it. <laughs> <laughs> probably um you know switching over to running backs here for the texans um you know you have damian pierce who last year well, there was a lot of hype during training camp and, and preseason and he did earn that starting role as a running back and he started off really strong um mm-hmm. i think the first game he put up like 20 something fantasy points and um he was looking really um really you know solid but as time went on and you know they obviously didn't have the weapons um at quarterback and wide well wide receiver they did i just think overall they didn't have a really good offense yeah Um, you know that that kind of showed with damian pierce's production throughout the year it started to um decline um what did he he ended i think as a running back 26 29 29. Yeah. So he ended up running back 29. Yeah. Depends on what league you're in, what fancy point, you know, like um, Damian Pierce, I had him on my redraft team last year. Really proud of the pick. I reached for him in the third round. And I've never seen a player, I feel like, struggle to be a top tier running back so much since I've watched fantasy football. Like, it like out, you know, like we keep up, you know, we're watching Red Zone, and you know, it's not like I'm like, you know, like watching Texans games religiously, but 
it, occasionally they'd be playing like the Cleveland Browns or something and it's the game on the CBS or whatever. But you would watch the points and it was like somehow he ended up with maybe 15 to 20 points in a week. But you're like, it was a drag watching him try to get to 15 to 20 points every week and to the point where he hurt his foot at some point and then it just seemed like you know like he just never really recovered from that for the rest of the season but yeah it was I still think he could come out and be a better running back this season I think he'll do better than RB 29 this season but that O-line last year man it I've never seen someone work so hard to get 15 to 20 points in a game. <laughs> is he a top 20 running back this year, in your opinion? I would bet on it. You know, it's kind of one of those, like, it's a sophomore season. He could easily be out of the top 30, but I do think he could be top 20. And But if he's not top 20 this season, then we're already looking at the Texans probably moving on from him in the next couple of years, right? Like. I think he's going to have a good season as long as CJ Stroud has a decent season. Yeah, and I and I and I feel like he could. Uh, I think. Yeah. The ability of CJ Stroud, like where he comes in, you know, with with the talent that he has, and um, if he makes that transition and he's pretty solid, uh, I think it's going to help Damian Pierce and. You're not going to have to sit there and watch him struggle for 15 to 20 points every week. I think he's going to put up 20 plus points, um, you know, every week. If CJ Stroud is as solid as, you know, they say. So like a lot of reports are saying that he's looking good. He's still a rookie too, so like I'm not expecting him to be a top 10 quarterback, but I'm expecting him to look good. Like he might throw as many interceptions as touchdowns kind of thing, but he might, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to like look with the eye test good. And then going into his sophomore season, be a Jalen hurts, Lamar Jackson kind of story kind of thing. Yeah, no, I agree with you. How uh, about uh, at the wide receiver position? Uh, It's interesting. Cause I feel like it's a, there's a lot of like unproven talent with this wide receiver position. Like we have, um, the only, the most proven one would be, uh, Robert Woods, right? Well, what, what do you think of Nico Collins? You know, it's, it's one of those make or break years. Either he's going to get it this year or he's probably never going to get it. Do you feel confident in, in drafting Nico Collins? I know he was a big name as a sleeper last year. Um, I think I drafted him last year as a sleeper. Didn't really do anything for me. Kind of fell off. Again, I don't think the quarterback play was up to par to what it needed to be. So he um, he, we- he can because like I think Robert Woods is at the point of his career where like he's still talented, but he's reaching cooked wide receiver age, you know. And um, the thing about Nico Collins is, like you said, it's like make or break season. And I think that's simply because you have John Michi, who's coming in, who was hyped last year, but he um, had the illness. Then you have uh, Xavier Hutchinson coming in as a rookie. You have Tank Dell coming in as a rookie. And with CJ Stroud being your quarterback, I do think that they're trying to move into like a, a very youthful 
team with maybe Robert Woods as like the veteran leadership guy they can lean on on that offense. I don't know, like maybe Nico, but 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 also that could be Nico. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be. He's a three-year vet. He maybe Robert Woods is the one who gets kicked out of this depth chart midway through the season. You know what I mean? I think the top two running backs, I mean, top two wide receivers are up in the air. And I do think like the most definite role would be like John Michi getting into this offense. Because this is someone that there's, this is someone they were really high on last year and he didn't didn't play. So I do think that he may not be the wide receiver one, but he's the one that they're going to try to get going. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I think it's really up in the air at this point. Like, you know, we'll get more reports out of training camp and, um, you know, when we see preseason games. But um, right now I think it's like it's really anybody's, anybody's, you know, field for the taking as far as wide receivers go. I don't think they have a, a solid wide receiver one. I do hear that C.J. Stroud is starting to build a rapport with Nico Collins, so that's why I kind of mentioned him. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's it's still pretty early, so um, and, and I guess someone, you know it's something to keep an eye on. That with a team like this, as young as it is, you sometimes see like surprising players move into the depth chart that are actually. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Noah Brown, who played for the Cowboys, who had who's had uh, mysterious decent games, and um he was kind of really low on the depth chart for the cowboys but had a you know because of injuries and stuff had to play significant games at some certain points wouldn't it be surprised if someone like him uh ended up like being like a training camp star and find his way onto this depth chart on the flip side he's the one who's most likely going to get cut before the season starts <laughs> but i just wanted to throw it out there for podcast content no i definitely agree with you um i think definitely you know these guys are worth a flyer um, I wouldn't be drafting these guys really high, but someone in the later rounds to just take a flyer and possibly have that lotto ticket for, you know, the Houston Texans wide receiver one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I and don't the, know how much and, that's worth, but. And I feel like, especially with the rookies like Xavier Hutchinson and stuff like that, I, I do think like we're going to start seeing them incorporated later into the season. It's just a matter of like, are you patient enough to hold on to these players? Like, yeah, it's one thing in Dynasty, but it's another thing in it's another thing to have, you know, in, in a redraft league. Can you be patient enough to see some of these guys later in the season rise up? Um, another interesting tidbit that I want to throw out there is Devin Singletary. He's a running back, but he's a pass catching running back. And but he could also run between the numbers. I do think that's gonna help Damian Pierce, but I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Singletary is one of the best receivers on the team. Yeah, it's a pretty hot take. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be so much to toss around here that I wouldn't be surprised if Devin Singletary is, like, top three wide receiver in terms of receptions and touchdowns. Not only are the Texans going to win the division, but they're going to have a top three uh, wide receiver slash running back. On their team. I'm not saying, like, ov- overall. <laughs> no, on the team. I know. I get that. Okay. I was like, imagine. Yeah, no, I know. I know. You know who's better but, than yeah, DeAndre the Hopkins? Devin Singletary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, moving uh, on in this. T- oh, well, oh, no. I was going to say, uh, also, Don Schultz, I think, is a sleeper. I think he's a he's a solid tight end to have. Like, if you punt on the tight end position and you're looking at, like, a tight end eight or so, I think Don Schultz is good. 
Uh, yeah, no, I, he uh, did. He did very well in, in Dallas, and uh, you know he's he's talented, and, and I think you know he is going to be a along with Devin Singletary, like you mentioned, um, Dalton Schultz is going to be that safety blanket for the rookie QB. So I'm putting a um, lot a of weight. I'm putting I'm putting a lot of weight into this Texans team that doesn't need to be there. <laughs> So this is this is what podcasting does because like I deep down I could be like you know I think the Houston Texans might be pretty good but now that I'm saying it out loud I'm gonna look like a total idiot. <laughs> That's the great thing about fantasy football, especially fantasy football analysts, and, and what we say every show that we can't tell the future. Mm-hmm. So bear with us, but um, you're gonna be right or you're gonna be wrong, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I will say this though to our listeners. Um, if Brian doesn't draft anybody from the Houston Texans in our redraft <laughs> league, I'm going to let you guys know. I'm going to let you know because we're 100% transparent. Mm-hmm. We want you to know what we do here. Uh, we're not going to tell you to go draft a player and then not draft them ourselves. So, No, you're right. You're right. I want, I, want, <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want you to take a picture of my board after. Um, you know, I don't care about like my uh, – my self-respect dude i will not draft one if i don't think it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's that's 100 percent true um but moving on to i think a team that has you know over the past i don't know five to seven years has kind of declined in the fantasy football production you know aspect and that's the uh indianapolis colts mm-hmm. when andrew luck shocked the world and retired and this was funny because we had our draft. We literally had our draft <laughs> that morning. And Andrew Luck was one of the top like three quarterbacks taken in that draft. And I remember we were leaving our draft. We finished and everything. And as we're walking out of the venue, we get a breaking news alert that Andrew Luck is retiring. And... <laughs> we we let the guy who had Andrew Luck just we let him have it, you know. We, mm-hmm. we were you know laughing at him and all this, but that's the same year that Lamar Jackson was a rookie, and he happened to draft Lamar Jackson at the end of the draft, and he ended up winning that year. So, <laughs> moral of the story, you know, even when you're down, you're up. So. Um, <laughs> So just take that into account. But, you know, they have a rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. I think he was given, um, you know, a lot of, uh, <laughs> I was going to say a lot of real fantasy football analysts. Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> they they gave Anthony Richardson, you know, like he's the, you know, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, obviously he's got to grow into that role. He's a rookie still, but he has what's known as the dual threat where he is mm-hmm. – um, able to, you know, similar to Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields and Josh Allen and a little bit of Daniel Jones. Um, he has the ability to run the football. And, uh, you know, he's pretty big. He's 6'4", 240 pounds approximately. Uh, that's a big dude. That's a mm. big dude. That's Cam yeah. Newton numbers right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Cam Newton um, in his prime was, you know, a pretty solid quarterback. Um, similar to Cam Newton – Anthony Richardson has trouble throwing the ball, but um, we'll see, you know, how that progresses as time goes on. But um, in a redraft league, I'm not looking at him, obviously. Um, Maybe one of the last picks in your draft, if you want to take a lottery ticket again, like, you know, Lamar Jackson, maybe, you know, some sometime down the the road, he he finds it and he clicks. But 
Um, Dynasty, you're obviously taking him. I took him with the number two pick um, that I had in this uh, year's rookie draft for my Dynasty League because I needed a quarterback. So, I mean, I have high hopes for him. Um, I don't know if you have any any takes on, on Anthony Richardson. He... Let me put it to you like this, you know, because I I, I I was saying CJ will probably, in my opinion, is the best rookie quarterback in this uh, draft class. <laughs> Anthony Richardson probably has the most upside and ceiling to becoming the best quarterback because of his his dual threat talent. He has a better chance at like Jalen Hurts-esque numbers down the line, not necessarily this year, but maybe next year. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, Lamar Jackson, he has a better shot. Cam Newton, he has a better shot at becoming those kind of quarterbacks who all at one point were either QB1 or close to QB1, right? So when it comes to that, I I could see the up the the upside. The thing is, he's still a very raw passer. And I think you still need to the thing about those all those other quarterbacks. The only one I could think of would be like Lamar Jackson, who came in and wasn't necessarily a great passer himself. But like Jalen Hurts is a pretty decent passer. He's at least efficient and accurate, you know, uh, but I don't know. The, the, the league is proving that you don't always have to be the best passer to be successful, especially in fantasy. So. He's he is someone that like you know who knows maybe by like week ten it starts to click and then he's QB top ten QB for the rest of the season and maybe he's going to help you in the playoffs but I wouldn't count on him to help you win your league starting week one but yeah no yeah definitely I agree um, moving on to running back I mean what can I say about Jonathan Taylor <laughs> is he RB hasn't already been said is he RB one he's not RB one overall. Um, mm-hmm. that belongs to, in my opinion, Christian McCaffrey, uh, me and Christian McCaffrey go back, not yeah. because we know each other, but because I drafted him like three years in a row, my team name, you know, was run CMC for three years in a row. So mm-hmm. the year that I wasn't able to draft him, it hurt. It really hurt. But on mm-hmm. a side note, um, Jonathan Taylor, he, um, is still, I think, you know, uh, in that top five tier of running or five to tier top five overall in running backs you know with the christian mccaffrey's and the um, austin ecklers um i you know jonathan taylor's up there so i mean he's he's a late first round early second round pick in my opinion i think he's gonna have a bounce back year um i think there's gonna be a little bit of a struggle at the beginning but once they start getting into the groove and have that chemistry, you know, especially with Anthony Richardson. Um, I think he's going to put up those uh, 20, you know, 20, uh, what year was it? Two years ago, 2021 numbers when he was number one, you know, overall uh, in fantasy points uh, in the running back category. So um, I, I think he's he's going to have a bounce back year. I know he was hurt a lot last year, but um, mm-hmm. I would definitely draft him with confidence. Yeah, he was running back thirty six last year. He and he put, did get hurt though. He did play he was hurt he, for a few games. He only played eleven games out of the seventeen. Uh, but I'm just gonna straight up uh, not sugarcoat it. He was a he was the number one overall pick in most leagues, so he was a bust last year. He he cost a lot of people uh, their leagues last year. So I don't know, like. I would be hesitant to take him 
as my first running back, but if he's there late first round, I think you still pull the trigger on that. I don't know how well the offense is going to move. I don't know if Richardson's going to vulture TDs from him. I don't know if it's like they're going to be a run heavy offense. And if Richardson can't connect with his wide receivers and they just put eight in a box, that's going to ruin Taylor's value. But you still, you don't get cute, right? If he's in the back end of the first round and you want a running back, you take him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got the talent. He's got a good offensive line. Um, you know, the offense overall is going to be better this year. So, yeah, I, I would definitely, you know, take him. Um, would you take him, let's say you're at the end of round one, would you take him over Derrick Henry? Um, I think I would. Nick Chubb. I think I would. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah, that's, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's up in the air. I don't know. Nick Chubb, I might take over him. Uh, but I definitely take him over Derrick Henry. Again, I think Derrick Henry's going to have a good season, but, um, you know, Father Time catches up to everybody. I'm trying to I'm gonna try I'm trying to do a quick look. I know on the fly right now. Uh I'm trying to see how many running backs I would take above him right now. And I'm I'm looking based on like last year's productions. Keep in mind that this year, you know, uh Robinson Avalana is someone that you'd want to take a flyer on too, right? Um let me see. Would you take him over uh Bijan Robinson? I think if I was at the end of the first round, I think I'd take a flyer on Robinson. To be honest with you, I think I yeah. think Atlanta has a better offense. Yeah, overall, like yeah, they have a better offensive line. I think they have you know, yeah the number one run offense last yeah. season. So, like, I think I would take Tony Pollard over uh, Johnson Taylor right now. Even yeah, you know, I was gonna say that, but I didn't know how hot of a take that would be. Like I'm looking at it right now, like just in terms of comfort, like obviously ADP has a factor and ADP manipulates people's brains, right? So like, cause keep in mind, like after Christian McCaffrey, like it's, there's not really, in my opinion, a clear cut RB2 on the board. I think it's just preference after that. It could be Jonathan Taylor and no one's going to look at you poorly, right? But like looking at this, it should be Josh Jacobs, but his situation's in the air. And he's he might be going into the season cold. And to be honest, Josh Jacobs had a really good year last year, but he was pretty mid the first three years or so before then. <laughs> he just used the word mid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Derrick Henry was the top three running back last year. Austin Eckler was the top four running back. But I, I don't know why. Like I get that same feeling too that Austin Eckler is eventually going to regress too. He always he always misses a couple games a year. And then you have Nick Chubb, who I feel like just gets abused in Cleveland. Um, but you you don't have Cream Hunt there anymore, stealing touchdowns from him. So <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not like you said Cream Hunt, like Cream. <laughs> Maybe oh. I did. You know, knowing, knowing <laughs> no, my mumble. So they took Kareem Hunt out of the picture, but now that they add, you know, Deshaun Watson, who's going to take, mm-hmm. you know, some. I think some of that, you know, inside the ten, inside the five, uh, goal line stuff. But who knows? Maybe they surprise us and they say, you know what? That's why we have Nick Chubb to get those. But Nick Chubb, like we, I think we we um, we quickly touched on this. Nick Chubb will take the ball all the way down the field mm-hmm. 
in a drive. They'll get to like, you know, within inside the 10 yard line and then they take Chubb out and then whoever, you know, is the sub for that play ends up scoring. So right. Nick Chubb does all that work just so somebody else can get the touchdown. So I, I, I would say right now, Jonathan Taylor is probably a clear cut RB two. I I think I would I would take a flyer on Robinson over him. So according to my rankings that I'm making up on the fly, which I don't think they're going to stay true all the way through training camp, but as of today, I would maybe take Robinson as my RB two just because of the upside. But I don't know. Like right now, my rankings seem like they would be like it would be McCaffrey, it would probably be Taylor, then I'd say Pollard. Then you go through all the good vets, but like, I'll, but Robinson's gonna have to figure out a way to get himself in there too. So like, I don't know. I think Robinson's obviously since he's a rookie, he's kind of like an outlier to a lot of these court running backs. So yeah, I, okay. Real quick before we move on, mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Eckler, Bijan, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, and then Derrick Henry's on the on the you know verge of yes or no. Those are all running backs I think are you're comfortable taking before Jonathan Taylor. He is, you know, in the rankings or ADP, he is above some of those. But comfortably, like, I would take Tony Pollard over Jonathan Taylor. Comfortably, I would take Saquon Barkley, knowing that he's going to play would over you, would, Jonathan would you, though, Taylor. With his injury history, like, do you think last year was an outlier compared to the rest of his career? For Jonathan Taylor? No, for Barkley. Yeah, I mean, Barkley looked good last year. He looked good last year, but he hasn't looked good his whole career. He's been hurt all the time. Well, he's been hurt, but now he's healthy. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just thought like I would. would, you, I, would I, I wouldn't feel. I, I wouldn't would. feel comfortable drafting a red. Like even McCaffrey, he's really good, but the last two to three seasons before he joined the 49ers, they were like uh, disappointing seasons. So it's like a lot of these running backs have mileage on them. The only one that I could think of that kind of doesn't right now is Pollard. And Bijan. And Bijan. So that's why, like, you want to take someone who's most likely to get through the f- entire season, play all the games because they have something to prove and they're going to stay healthy. Well, I look at Saquon Barkley, too, in the fact that he's a large part of the offense. He's Yeah, he's probably the only part of the offense there. So that's how I kind of look at it. You know, after I, that, you know, I'm taking Taylor over guys I, like Stevenson and Brees Hall. And, I do think once training camp evolves over the next few weeks and into preseason we'll have a more clear definition of the running back. i know we went on a tangent here but like i think we'll have a clear definition but at this point i think everyone gives you similar production it's just preference at this point yeah no so, i agree with you 100 percent. like so that's I why mean, that's why that's why i'm drafting in uh round one um let's see here Damian Harris. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, just before we move on, wide receiver room and the Colts. I mean, other than Michael Pittman, uh, even Michael Pittman, I'm kind of like, ah, like, what are you going to get out of him with a rookie quarterback, especially I, one who's going to run the ball a lot? Like, I mean, like in the later rounds, okay, take a flyer on him, get him. Yeah. But there's so many wide receivers that I think you can just. You you can find better value out there. I think he's um, going to slip, and I do think he's the clear cut wide receiver one in the Colts. So if you punt on the position, or you need a wide receiver two, you need a flex receiver, or you just need someone that you feel like is a solid player on your bench, 
yeah, like I would pick him up in week eight or uh, I mean around eight or nine or something like that. Maybe I don't know, but I'm pretty sure there's a really good flex option that's going to talk me out of it, and Pittman's going to fall to and somebody else. And lastly, can you name the tight end for the Indianapolis Colts? On the top of my head, without looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, without looking. Uh, is it Ollie Cox? Yeah, that's one of them. That's one of them. Oh, it's one of them. All right. That's one of like the top two that they have. Didn't they just draft one, or did they uh, have one that is like a one-year pro? Yeah, Jelani Woods. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I'm staying away from those guys. Even if you punt, even if you punt at the position, I wouldn't draft one of those guys. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd rather take a rookie that is playing for like the Bills or the Packers or something like that who's unproven than taking any of these guys on the Colts. Again, 100% agree with you. All right. I think the the team that would you say is comfortably the favorites to win the division? Yeah, comfortably, I would say. Like I would say they're better than the Titans right now. Like the Titans are talented enough to win a division, I think, but Jacksonville has all the young talent and no Urban Meyer to hold them back. <laughs> I, I no, no late late night bar trips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um yeah. Trevor Lawrence, QB7 last year. That's a lot higher than I thought. When we were looking up the research for this beforehand, I was like, oh, I was really intrigued by that because I did not think he was a top 10. Like, it makes sense he was a top 10 quarterback, but I just didn't feel like he was a top 10 quarterback last year. I don't know why. But top, he's a top, top 7 quarterback. Do you think he could get into the top 5 this year? No. Okay. Do you think he stays in the top ten? He stays in the top ten, but top okay. five. I mean, you got Hurts, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, possibly Justin Fields. You know, I, I don't, I don't see Trevor Lawrence breaking the top five. If anything, like maybe six, seven again. All right. But I, I think it's highly unlikely. I'm going to write it down because when he's like number two or one. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he's definitely, you know, he's definitely a quarterback that you're going to draft. Especially I would definitely say that if you don't get one of those top three quarterbacks that we talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, Hertz, Mahomes, Allen, um, you know, Burrow, you look, you can look his way and and draft him like confidently. he's, He's not afraid to, get in the trenches and score with like running the ball on the goal line either. You know, like he's not going to break out probably for like a 50 yard rush at any moment, but he, he, he'll, he'll get out of the pocket a little bit. And he's got Doug Peterson. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. he is gonna, he's going to put up numbers this year. Uh, in terms of your rankings, uh, where does his hair rank out of all the other quarterbacks? Hmm. Probably two or three. Two or three. Who do you think has better hair? This is gonna this is gonna sound biased. Oh, uh, you think but Patrick think, Mahomes has I really think good Patrick hair? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes with his curly 
kind of afro-ish not afro not sure what it is if i were to run my fingers through every quarterback's hair in the league i would probably think trevor lawrence has the smoothest hair definitely smoothest hair i would agree with that 100 Mm percent. like if you close your eyes and you just put your hand through his hair you you, you know you'd see your girlfriend (laughs) or your wife i'm sorry i said girlfriend your wife it's fine Uh, uh, <laughs> keep it I, I want this to stay in <laughs> we're, yeah, hey, we're having some fun here right? yeah. uh, <laughs> the running blip, the running back room is a little bit interesting there is a clear cut RB1 I think on the team but I don't know if he's someone you trust drafting unless you do yeah, I think I think it's going to be your personal preference, but I would I would I would still draft Travis, you know, ETN even though they they uh they drafted Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I would. It's not like I'm I'm sitting there like, "Oh, well, I'm going to take a flyer on Tank and not draft Travis," but it's Travis looked like a star at some points and then he also looked like someone who, you know, couldn't handle being RB1, you know what I mean? So it's so this man. was this was ETN's second season, technically his first because his rookie season he like mm-hmm. set out the whole season. He amassed one thousand four hundred and forty one total yards, mm-hmm. and he scored five touchdowns. And I think I don't know if he missed any games, but I know he got pulled a couple games out early. In his, let's see here if I could. Yeah, in week 12. In week 12, he played five snaps. Then he was taken out due to his injury. Um, and he still was running back 20 in so PBR. So in week nine, he got 24 points. And that's after uh, weeks going 10, 17, 22, 24, right? Then after, Solid running back too. Right. And then he single digits until week 15. And then he scored 10, 11, 20, and then he got three again, but his his attempts were down that last week. So, and you gotta you gotta remember too, the first like five games of the season, they were trying to figure out ETN Robinson, how do we mix them together? Right. Because Robinson, the first couple games had, you know, 17 points, 18 points. And so like I think they were trying to figure it out, like how are we gonna do this? And then, you know, they finally decided you know, we're going ETN and, you know, Robinson snaps um, declined and then they ended up trading him. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, once he was traded, then ETN became the clear cut right, uh, running back one. And so, I mean, I think he's a solid running back too. someone you can pick up in the, you know. Um, I think it's a fourth round th- pick early. Yeah, third or fourth round pick. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it depends on your style. What your preference is, but I, I can see it. I can see you know a team drafting two wide receivers and a quarterback, and then he's sitting there in the fourth round. They pick him up, or he's sitting there in the third. You know, he's going to be the first running back off the board for some teams. Uh, but he only had uh, two twenty-point games last season, and uh, I think he'll oh, have he, more this season. He had three. But <laughs> I, you know, I now that like that twenty was an even number. There wasn't a point next to it. Uh, he had he had three, but <laughs> three out of seventeen is I don't know. Was it? It's, it's just I would pick him as my flex or RB two. You're right, but I wouldn't pick him as my RB one. 
again, it's preference. You know, if yeah. you have two solid wide receivers and he's your running back one, I mean, you know, let's say you get Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs as your top two wide receivers, you know, like mm-hmm. I think you're okay to, to pick him up as your, your first running back the, off the board, you know? Yeah. Like he, he's, he's got a solid floor. Yeah. He's I got a solid that, yeah. floor with a high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you need to worry about, you know, the rookie tank taking a lot of, um, taking a lot of work from him. I think it's only going to benefit him that he doesn't have to carry the whole load all the time. Right. Uh, but hey, you know what? In freaking week 10, he <laughs> it could be an even split and like he's like running back 30 or something. I don't know. I, I, I could just picture the draft right now and he's going to be available in the third or fourth round. You need this. You still need to get your RB2 and you're going to look at him and you're going to be like, nah, and you're going to just draft somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if I do that, I, I Brian will will call me out on it. We'll make sure to tell you guys. He's gonna be available. He's gonna be the best running back on paper on the board, and you're gonna be like, and eh, nah, I'm gonna draft this guy. Actually, okay. In years past, I'm gonna be honest with you. In years past, I avoided Jacksonville like the plague. Well, but they're good. They're a good team now. With the additions of Doug Peterson and the growth of Trevor Lawrence, and you know Etn, you know coming into his own. Um, and then the wide receivers, like last year I drafted Christian Kirk, which will kind of segue into wide receivers. Um, I have a lot more confidence in this Jaguars offense for fantasy purposes. So speaking of um, wide receivers, um, how high would you draft Kevin Ridley? Gosh, I knew this was going to come up because like, I'm really high on him. I, I feel like sad a season out. Uh, I two tra- seasons, right? Yeah, I traded for him. Well, he didn't sit out the second season. Sorry, he got suspended. Yeah, he, I traded for him in my dynasty league. Like last year, I had a chance to make the playoffs, or I did make the playoffs in my dynasty league, and I still mid-season traded for Kevin Ridley because I was like, the next season, I think he's going to be special. Or <laughs> it's that Vince McMahon meme where he's like, he's special, <laughs> he's special, he's special. <laughs> um, but you know. Maybe he won't. Maybe maybe he just can never get his groove back. You know, I don't know. Nah, I, I totally. I think he's gonna be freaking amazing. I think he's gonna just basically pick up where he left off. Um, he might have a rough one or two, you know, first games, but I think he's gonna shake that rust off in the preseason. Uh, when he was in Atlanta um, as their wide receiver one, the year that they traded Julio Jones, he was solid. Mm-hmm. He was a solid wide receiver. I think he was number three overall at the end of that season. Um, he's just, he's, he's good. He's good. He's talented. I think he's got a good quarterback. You know, he's got good coaching. They're going to get him the ball. I still think, you know, I, I'm not sure how old he is off the top of my head, but he's going to be the clear cut wide receiver one. I still think he's in his and 20s. This might be a hot take, but I think Christian Kirk is also not going to, you know, fall down as far as people think he is. Oh, well, I, I think I think Christian Kirk, <laughs> Christian Kirk has the potential to uh, uh, be better than Kevin Ridley. Like, just he that. has the potential. I think it's going to be a high-scoring offense. I think you can't go wrong if you draft Ridley, Kirk, and Zay ETN, Jones. I think and tra- could, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I think you could draft Zay Jones uh, as a flyer at the end of your draft too, and he might even give you some productive productive weeks. He's definitely going to be a solid fill-in for bye weeks. Yeah. like he's, I totally he, agree. And keep an eye on Parker Washington, who is a rookie, who I wouldn't be surprised if they try to incorporate in this offense some way or some way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, 
this is going to be a fun offense to watch. Um, they they win the division. I think they do. Um, uh, over Houston, you, you're out of your <laughs> over mind. Over Houston, I you know it's going to be it's going to be a rough season. But you're you're talking me. You're saying that Jacksonville is going to outplay the juggernaut in Houston that I that I established. I think so. I think they're going to narrowly you know take the division, make the playoffs, and then you know. Um, I know last year, you know, they made it to that uh, second playoff game after coming back and beating the Chargers. But um, I think that they're not going to get that far this year. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see how things go. It, but. It's in the in the AFC South. I think they have the most fantasy value. Clearly, they definitely do. They're. I think they're going to be the funnest team to watch. I think they're going to be a high scoring team. They're going to be averaging, you know, um, high, you know, twenty point games, thirty, you know, low thirty point games until they play Houston. Until they play Houston, then you know they're going to get held to like thirteen points. But Texans going sixteen and zero, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a it's a week by week game, so it's possible. Yeah. Um. Hey, you got any more thoughts on them? No, I mean you know, don't get cute. Yeah, I think that's clear. Like I think like if you're looking or whatever, and you see a Jacksonville player available, I think it's they're a safer bet than. Uh, anyone else in this division in terms of like flex options? Here's a question for you. Okay, would you take Zay Jones over Traylon Burks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. No. What about Zay Jones? Traylon has a has more upside, and by the time I'm making the decision between the two, I'm assuming I've already established my team, and I'm just going for upside at that point. Understandable. What about Zay Jones or Nico Collins? Zay Jones. Over Nico Collins. Over Nico Collins, yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. like, like, like I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not drafting Zay Jones in like the sixth round. No, <laughs> that's know? what I'm saying. But like, I. Uh, in my scenario in your head, it's like, would I rather take Nico in the top seven rounds or eight rounds when he probably will get drafted most likely or something like that of eight, nine rounds or take, okay, Zay let me give jo- you, let me give Zay, you sp- or, or Zay Jones in like the 11th or 12th. I'd rather take Zay Jones in 11th or 12th than take Nico in the top nine rounds. So let's say it's round eight and okay. you're on the board and both Zay Jones and Nico Collins are there. Okay, I'll probably take Nico. Okay. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> who would Again, I rather? A little too hypothetical. No, but who would I rather have on my team? Probably Zay Jones. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, fancy football is a complicated thing. Like, it's you. What you're saying is, just so people listening understand, is that you see that Zay Jones's value at where he's going in drafts is better than the value of Nico Collins where he's going in drafts. Yeah. Right. Like okay, Nico yeah. is probably going to be the better receiver, but it wouldn't shock me as Zay Jones ended up with more fancy points by the end of the season, being in the offense that he's in there. It's, it's in my opinion, there's more of a chance that Zay Jones gets 10 to 12 points playing for Jacksonville every week. than Nico gets 10 to 12 points playing for Houston every week. The juggernaut Houston Texans? Yeah, the juggernaut Houston Texans. (laughs) 
just so everybody uh, uh, listening knows, I wrote this down. We'll see at the end of the season. Jay, uh, Jay, <laughs> Jay Jones. Zay Jones, more points than Nico Collins. I said it wouldn't we'll surprise see, we'll me. See. I didn't say that. No, I know. I'm not saying you said it. I'm just, oh, I'm okay. writing it down because these are, these are things that we can keep a record at at the end of the year right. um, to see what our percentage is of, of these calls. All right. You know what? It's funny because I feel like on the podcast, I make very outlandish, like high upside decisions. But when I'm in the draft, I'm just a soft ass play the floor kind of draft guy. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just going to draft this guy because I think he's a safer pick. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you settle. You settle then is what you're saying. I My my plan is I always draft the floor, who I think is going to be the best player available on the floor in the top two rounds. Then I reach in the third, and then I go back to the floor for the fourth and fifth round, and then I reach again in the sixth. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to say this. We know that you guys are settling for us by listening to this podcast. So I want to <laughs> say thank you. Uh, please like, listen, subscribe, share. Brian, where can they find us on uh, social media? They can find us on Twitter at... OT Fancy F ball on Twitter or just you know search OT Fancy Football. Thank you. As always, I'm Steven. With me, Brian. This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. We're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you the game we love. See you guys on the next one. OT fantasy of <laughs> I saw you so saw you laugh right now. Okay. I had it perfect, dude. I had it perfect. You can find us at take it, take it, take it from the top. I'll cut yeah. it. I'll cut it. Alright. You could you can find us on Twitter at OT Fancy F Ball. Or you can just type in <laughs> I feel like I need to cover your face. All right. You can find us on Twitter at OT Fancy. <laughs> You're laughing in the background. Right? I can find you can find us at OT Fancy. Okay, you can find us at OT Fancy F ball on Twitter or just you know search OT Fancy Football.